0: Psalm 38 O Lord do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath for your arrows have so sunk into me and your hand has come down on me there is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation there is no health in my bones because of my sin for my iniquities have gone over my head they weigh like a bor- burden too heavy for me my wounds grow foul and fester because of my foolishness I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. All day long I go around mourning, for my loins are filled with burning and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am utterly spent and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. O oh Lord, all my longing is known to you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs. My strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it is also gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my affliction and my neighbors stand far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek to hurt me speak of ruin and meditate on treachery all day long. But I am like the deaf I do not hear, like the mute who cannot speak. Truly I am like one who does not hear and in whose mouth is no retort. But it is for you, O Lord, that I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. For I pray, only do not let them rejoice over me, those who boast against me when my foot slips. For I am ready to fall, and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity, I am sorry for my sin. Those who are my foes without cause are mighty, and many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good are my adversaries because I follow after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, do not be far from me. Make haste to help me. O Lord, my salvation. Leviticus chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. When any of you sin that you have heard a public adjuration to testify, and though able to testify as anyone who has seen or learned of the matter, do not speak up, you are subject to punishment. Or when any of you touch any unclean thing, whether the carcass of an unclean beast or the carcass of an unclean livestock or the carcass of an unclean swarming thing and are unaware of it, you have become unclean and are guilty. Or when you touch human uncleanliness, any uncleanness by which one can become unclean and are unaware of it, when you come to know it, you shall be guilty. Or when any of you utter aloud a rash oath for a bad or a good purpose, Whatever people utter in an oath and are unaware of it, when you come to know it, you shall, in any of these, be guilty. When you realize your guilt in any of these, you shall confess the sin that you have committed. And you shall bring to the Lord, as your penalty for the sin that you have committed, a female from the flock, a sheep or a goat, as a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement on your behalf for your sin. But if you cannot afford a sheep, you shall bring to the Lord, as your penalty for the sin that you have committed, two turtle doves, or two pigeons, one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering. You shall bring them to the priest who shall offer first the one for the sin offering, wringing its head at the nape without severing it. You shall sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar, while the rest of the blood shall be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. And the second he shall offer for a burnt offering according to the regulation. Thus, the priest shall make atonement on your behalf for the sin that you have committed, and you shall be forgiven. If you cannot afford two turtle doves or two pigeons, you shall bring as your offering for your, the sin that you have committed one-tenth of an ephah of choice flour for a sin offering. You shall not put oil on it or lay frankincense on it, for it is a sin offering. You shall bring it to the priest, and the priest shall scoop up a handful of it as memorial portion, and turn this into smoke on the altar. While the offerings by fire to the Lord, it is a sin offering. Thus the priest shall make atonement on your behalf for whichever of these sins you have committed, and you shall be forgiven. Like the grain offering, the rest shall be for the priest. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. Jesus said to his disciples, Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender, and if there is repentance, repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. This morning's reading from Leviticus, um, we hear of the sacrificial system, or we get a glimpse of some of its instructions. And the the reading from the Gospel of Luke um, suggests that whoever it was that was compiling the RCL saw the importance of forgiveness that the whole sacrificial system is pointing to something. It isn't just, you know, just because... (laughs) Uh, The priests are sadomasochists who like to burn live animals and then eat them. Um, But even Leviticus, which is not known for the most um, compelling read, um, it talks about, like, this is all happening so that you may be forgiven. And uh, sacrificial system, I've been thinking recently about the objection on um, pacifist lips, progressive lips um, and it's kind of a, a discreet debate but it's one that I definitely encountered and it goes like this the, uh, some people mostly progressives are upset that um, members of the military uh, sometimes themselves and sometimes by others are compared to the sacrificial lambs of America that they earn us something that um, that we should be grateful for them, that you know something comes through their sacrifice right um and pastors don't like that because it's and it's true it's heretical like I think that's it's not true like there's one sacrifice for all that was Christ, and even the martyrs, like their sacrifice doesn't bring us anything they're just examples for us to follow um and so I, I, I understand that argument. On the other side, um, when I'm, what fascinates me is that in the sacrificial system, whether it's at the altar or there's this other one where it involves a goat that you kind of push over the edge. Um, and uh, René Girard uh, talks about scapegoating, which is essentially the, the system of sacrifice. Um, and so you're... On the surface, you're supposed to be appreciative of the sacrificial animal. Uh, you lay your hands on it, and you place your sins upon them. Um, and it even makes me think of like other indigenous hunting uh, practices where you, you know, you sit with the animal as it dies, or you, in some way, utter words of uh, thanksgiving. Um, but at the end of the day, they're dead, which sucks for them. And it got me thinking about um, thank you for your service. Or T Y F Y S. Thank you for your service. Um, if they are, if there's something to this metaphor or analogy of soldiers or veterans as sacrificial lambs, um, it's it's not like that. Yes, that is not their sacrifice that earns us something, and maybe it is supposed to be exemplary. Um, but at the end of the day, like this laying on of hands and patting them on the back and saying thank you thank you thank you is something like what we would call today performative allyship like you're appreciative of this thing that you're about to push over a cliff or stab in the chest and bleed out um and so the the metaphor the sacrificial lamb as applied to soldiers and veterans may actually be something deeper than just this annoying kind of Knee-jerk patriotism of like, you know, uh, they they've died for us and they, you know, sacrificed for uh, blah 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 blah. But in fact, it may there may be some truth to it in that um, the the thanking the the gratitude serves the underlying function of getting them the fuck out of the way, pushing them over the cliff, you know, killing them so you can burn them on the altar. Um, and we never—if the sacrificial lamb thing is true—I think it's important to think about the perspective of the lamb. Like it's not—it's not good um, what we do. The only way, the only time in which it is good is on Good Friday when God is the one who is being sacrificed, not our fellow human beings. Um, and I'm—I'm I'm putting these thoughts together um, as part of a chapter for a book that I'm pitching called "God Is a Grunt." Um, and I'll probably share more about this on social media, but I really invite your thoughts about the sacrificial system, the the arguments and the debates on both sides of the aisle for and against military service. Um, and if you want to know more, go on uh, PewPewHQ social media um, or find uh, find us on Patreon, where I'll be sharing drafts of the chapter. But um, I think it's, sacrifice is also important if, if you're a soldier or a veteran yourself, and you're being thanked and blah, 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 blah. Um, the feeling, it breeds feelings of resentment. So I'm going to read for our prayer um, a poem by Wilfred Owen, who is, to my knowledge, not necessarily a Christian. Um, I believe, you know, he grew up in Britain. Uh, he was a World War One veteran, known as a poet, um, but I don't know that he was a practicing Christian. And he writes, he... Rewrites the tale of uh, Abraham and Isaac on the mountain, um, and there's a bit of resentment because society, which is the old man, um, is going up there to sacrifice um, the young, uh, and that means any of the young, the entire generation, um, and it's needless. World War One, he was he was he wasn't conscientious objector, but he came out against. Um, the war and then was killed about a week before the armistice. Um, but he thought that it was a waste, it was a waste of life, um, and that there were ways to avoid this, and that the sacrificial system, at least as humans have recreated it in a system of war and sending off others to sacrifice their lives, so that some of us back at home might be given, you know, whatever, a sense of peace, a sense of. Um, security, whatever, that that whole system is um, just grossly inappropriate. And this this poem, it's a parable, um, I think really drives that home and makes you question uh, the extent to which we understand and truly appreciate what's going on, um, as opposed to just kind of reading through it as we do Leviticus and just trying to get through it and thinking, look, there's just the way things are. Um, but when we read from the perspective of the sacrificial animal, I think that alters the equation quite a bit. The parable of the Old Man and the Young, by Wilfred Owen. So Abram rose and clave the wood and went, and took the fire with him and a knife. And as they sojourned both of them together, Isaac the firstborn spake and said, My father, behold the preparations, fire and iron, but where the lamb for this burnt offering. And Abram bound the youth with belts and straps, and builded parapets and trenches there, and stretched forth the knife to slay his son. When, lo, an angel called him out of heaven, saying, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do anything to him, thy son. Behold! Caught in a thicket by its horns, a ram, off the ram of pride instead. But the old man would not so, but slew his son, and half the seed of Europe, one by one. Thank you for falling into PUPUHQ's Pew Pew first formation where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash first formation. You can sponsor morning prayer for pew pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, You can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.